So on a day where the Giants and Cardinals both won big, the Mets bullpen coughed up a lead and they lost to the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, but wait a minute. I don't give a damn because they clinched yesterday. Home field advantage in Wednesday's wildcard game. So it's time to celebrate and time for the most fun-filled jam-packed episode of Mets Rap 360 starting now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now. Let the buzz begin! Oh, that's right. It's this kind of a show. It's a Let's Go Mets 86 Do It kind of a show. And uh, I don't know. I don't know that I've been this excited since we've done the show. I was very excited to get to meet Jim Brewer in the first show. This is kind of the only time I've been excited since then. I'm just teasing. But Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ here. Next to me is Melissa Weinstein at Melissa Wine. On assignment, Andrea Fasano, but uh, we hope to have her back next week. Uh, and uh, we've got a couple of special guests here on the show, and we'll get to our first in one second. But if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you like and comment and all that stuff. And if you're listening on iTunes, all the same, the rating and the comment all helps. Follow us on Twitter, at ABTVMets. But now, uh, welcome on the phone, Michael Barron, who is on Twitter, at Michael G. Barron. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on Mets Rap 360. We really appreciate it today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, always get started. You know, I always feel like I kind of make the joke that when you ask somebody how they became interested in the Mets and how they started following the Mets, it's almost sort of like, you know, when somebody's in prison, you ask, you know, well, what are you doing time for? It's one of those things that doesn't always, you know, we don't always choose. It kind of chooses us. So talk a little bit about your background with the Mets, Michael. Did we lose Michael? Dad was oh. a Met fan um, long before I was born. And, um, you know, he took me to my first game in the, the final month of the 85 season. From there, I was hooked. And um, I've been very fortunate to be a firsthand witness at many historical moments since, you know, including times in 86 um, and, you know, 99, 2000 all throughout the 2006 season. I mean, I was I was there for pretty much everything that we talk about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been hooked for over 30 years now, and it's just been it's been a roller coaster. It's been up and down, mostly downs, but you know, the last <laughs> you know two and a half years has been a you know pretty amazing upswing. And, you know, this year is certainly no exception. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it absolutely is a roller coaster, but it's also, I mean, this season's a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, there was yeah. a point uh, six weeks ago where the Mets were two games under 500. They were 60 and 62. And on this show, uh, I did do a little on-air uh, funeral for the season because I just didn't I just didn't see it. I still rooted. I still watched every game. And, you know, I had hope because you got to believe. But it was a little harder to believe. So how surprising do you think these last six Six weeks are compared to you know even last year where there was still a big surprise after the trading deadline but uh, just compare the difference between this season and last season you know looking at the last six weeks of both well I mean I like you and I think you know everybody just left them for dead because like you said they were 60 and 62 they were in San Francisco at the time they'd just gotten blown out by the Giants who were what five and a half or six and a half games ahead of them at that time and you know, it just wasn't looking good, and they just kept losing players on top of it. You know, and they continue to lose players throughout this run. But you know, I think you know they've been the best team in baseball since that time, the 27 and and 13, I believe, over that during that span, which is the best, which is the best record of any team, including the Cubs. <laughs> you know, everybody likes yeah. to talk about the Cubs, but the Mets are the hottest team in baseball right now, and I think a lot of you know. We, we like to get on Terry Collins a lot for his in-game managing, and I think a lot of that has been fair over the course of the season, but he deserves a ton, if not all, the credit for keeping the noise out of the clubhouse and keeping as much water out of the boat as he has. And he kept his team afloat, he kept them together, and kept them believing. And, yeah, they had a soft schedule down the stretch, but everybody gets a soft part of the schedule. You know, the Cardinals didn't exactly take advantage of their, of their situation. The Giants barely took care of their situation. But the Mets, you know, they beat who they were supposed to beat. They played real. They got even better, you know, down the stretch of the season. And so here we are. It's an amazing story. Um, I think it's a very inspirational baseball story because there aren't too many teams who are under 500 
with six six weeks to go who get into the postseason. The Mets, you know, they've done it now. I think two times in their history. They did it in 1973 when they were in last place right. on September 1st and roared roared ahead and won the division and got to Game Seven of the World Series. So, you know, it's a great story and I think Wednesday's going to be a lot of fun. You know, it's not going to be an easy task. No. Bumgarner's been lights out against against the Mets in his career, and at City Field he has a sub one ERA, and we all know what he's done in the postseason. But look, you want to you want to win it, you got to be the best, and he's the best. And you know they they don't have a you know they're facing Noah Syndergaard too, so uh, you know I think the odds are even. Yeah, and look, I think that that was definitely something that worked out tremendously in the Mets' favor. That everything fell the way it did, where they were able to clinch yesterday and not have to go with Syndergaard today, uh, even for any kind of short relief. And, you know, it's it's easy to uh, question a lot of the moves that Terry made. But to what you said, uh, you know, I think that there are a lot of managers who wouldn't have been able to help his team keep their head above water during a season with this kind of adversity. Look, everybody has injuries. There are teams that have had just as many injuries. But, you know, if you look around the league, you know, guys who are currently managing, guys who maybe don't have jobs anymore – you know, an easy an easy uh, scapegoat would be, you know, that Matt Williams wouldn't have been able to get his team through this kind of adversity, you know, and he's an easy guy to pick on because he doesn't have a job anymore. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, people are very critical of Terry, but I uh, I'm very impressed with the job that he did. You know, you only feel like there were just a couple of those you know, post-game ranting and raving and just walking away without taking any questions, a couple of closed-door meetings. But they were all at times where you needed to do that. And before you knew it, you know, the things had really just started to turn around. And, you know, one of the more interesting things, this isn't like last year where it's like, well, you know, they they made a, a couple of small moves and then they got Cespedes. Of course, everything made sense at that point. The things that they did in the latter part of the season, you know, signing Reyes for not much, I mean, for a for a half a song. They didn't even really sign him for a song. And, you know, James Loney and, you know, all the kids that they had to call up, Gaselman and Lugo. And I don't know. I, it's it's such a fascinating job. And I think a lot of years getting to the wild card game, I would be excited, but a little bit disappointed. I'm just really impressed that they were able to do this. Uh, of course, it'll be disappointing if they don't go past that. But the fact that they got here, uh, I don't know. It's crazy. Um, and uh, with me is uh, one of my co-hosts, Melissa. And Melissa, you have any thoughts for what Michael and I are talking about? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you that most times in the past I would have been disappointed with a wild card spot. But I think, and everyone was talking about this, and obviously I don't know how much truth there is to this, that Terry was going to lose his job at the end of the season if I the had Mets heard didn't that, yeah. have a postseason berth. Now, I don't know if this means he keeps his job. Obviously, there's still a lot of things to be considered. But... Terry really did pull this game or pull this season from what was crashing and burning that you sent into space on July 31st. I, I did indeed, yeah. Um, and and brought us brought us back and really gave us hope when there was none for for many of us fans. Yeah. No, yeah. Michael, I hope you're uh, less of a nerd than I am, but I, I used footage from Star Trek 2 when they shot uh, yeah. Mr. Spock into space after he had died. And I was like, there's the Mets season. So, uh, and I was very happy to take it back a few weeks later and uh you know, Mr. Spock lived to do many more sequels. So <laughs> fortunately, uh, so, did, did. So, so did the Mets. Like, like Mr. Spock, the Mets came back to life. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like, but like, I mean, you know, you hit it on the head with, um, you know, a lot of the contributions, you know, from guys like Rob Gesellman, Seth Lugo and TJ Rivera. And look, you know, Eric Campbell had a couple of big hits. Matt Reynolds had a few big hits and, you know, the Las Vegas 51s really stepped up and, you know, did a phenomenal job. And, you know, if anything comes out of Wednesday, win or lose, I think you've learned a lot about, you know, guys like Asalman, which, you know, he wasn't even on the 40-man roster yeah. you know, three months ago. And here he is, you know, scheduled to pitch game three of the division series. Should they get that far, whatever it's going to be. So, yeah. um, you know, it's just, it's it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal baseball story. And, you know they're they're really the, the true underdog in the postseason. You know even though they have the home game on Wednesday. I mean, it, you know everybody's saying, well, they have no chance against Madison Bumgarner. Well, no one ever thought they had a chance to be in the game to begin with. So 
Yeah. You know, I think anything goes once the records go back to zero and zero on Wednesday. Yeah, and look, it's it's all going to depend. I mean, it was only it was two starts ago that Bumgarner got you know lit up for five runs by the Padres. You know, so I'm not saying that that's going to happen every time, but it's not impossible. And uh, you know, I think the key to that game is really you know how high can you get his pitch count up to in the first five innings because the you know the real weakness of that Giant team really was very apparent in the second half was their bullpen. I lost count. I know at one point they had like 25 blown saves, you know, and that's not all ta- tagged on one closer, but the typical definition of a, of a save, they had like 25 blown saves. So my question to you, well, I'll sort of give my statement first, Michael. Uh, I felt like it, it almost didn't matter whether they were facing the Giants or the Cardinals. Uh, obviously, Bumgarner's great, but, you know, it wasn't going to be a slouch for the Cardinals either. Uh, the best case scenario was for the Cardinals to win today and the Giants to lose so that they had to play an extra game tomorrow, get everything thrown out of whack. But that's not the way it happened. So, uh, you know, as it was starting to kind of line up over the course of the weekend, Michael, did you feel like it made a difference? Like, oh, they should definitely prefer the Cardinals? Because for me, I don't have, you know, fond memories of playing the Cardinals in the playoffs (laughs) in recent memory. So I I didn't need to see that. And yet I have reasonably fond memories playing the Giants in 2000. So, Yeah, well, I mean, I I don't think anything has one thing has nothing to do with the other. Um, I think you just have to look at the makeup of, of the teams. And, you know, despite the Cardinals' deep struggles, you know, I just kind of had kind of had a bad feeling about them should they get in because the Cardinals, I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about the Giants. So both teams always seem to find a way. And, yeah. um, you know, but having said that, you know, regarding the Giants, I mean, you made, made – well, yeah, my dad just said it's an even year for the Giants. So, you it's know, true. God only knows what's going to happen on Wednesday. But – you know, to your point about the bullpen, you know, if they can, you know, score a couple of runs off Bumgarner and get into that bullpen, you know, keep the game close, you know, 3-2, you know, one way or the other, the Mets have the clear-cut advantage because the Mets bullpen, you know, now that Salas is, is is in the mix and he's been tremendous since they, since they picked him up, you know, short of an outing or two, um, you know, they have the perfect formula in the 7th, 8th, and ninth. They have a lockdown formula. And that's not just against the Giants. I think that goes for... You know, the Cubs too. You know, they have some concerns. You know, late in the in the latter part of, you know, in the in the in the back end of their bullpen with Hector Rondon. So you know, the Mets don't really have concerns. It's another big reason why they are where they are today because they didn't blow that many games. They didn't blow hardly any games down the stretch, or at all this year. You know, when you know, I would have to look at the stats. I have the game notes in my pocket, but I don't. I think they what blew two or three games, and that's it. Yeah, you know, when leading after eight. So um, I think the Mets have a major advantage if they can get Bumgarner out of the game. Now, you know, obviously, you know, the Giants have the same intentions against, you know, Noah Syndergaard. They don't want him settling into a groove because the game's going to be over for them if, you know, if he's on and, you know, they're not touching him and he's keeping his pitch count down like he like did the other night in Miami. So um, it's going to be a fun game. I don't – I can't – I can't really make a prediction. yeah. I think that the, perhaps the Mets are better off playing San Francisco only because seem to light up bad bullpens, and um, you know the Giants definitely have a bad bullpen, and it's a big reason why they struggled in the second half. I mean, yeah. they were awful in the second half. <laughs> I could not, be- yeah, I could so, not believe the leads that you would see get away. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, final question before I let you go because I know that you're uh, you're driving back from Philly. Uh, which, by the way, I guess today in Philly was not as exciting as yesterday in Philly would have been because, uh, yeah, they didn't win, but it didn't matter that they didn't win. But you got to send Ryan Howard off in, in a very nice fashion, and I think that's a nice thing. Well, there you go. So there yeah, you go. I, mean, I think the Phillies I think the Phillies did a fantastic job with, you know, handling the Ryan Howard situation. The Met fans definitely, you know, tip their caps in, too. There wasn't a single Met fan who was procuring him. I think my dad agrees that, yeah. you know, everybody, all my fans were standing up and applauding him. And, you know, look, he crushed the Mets for 12 years. Yeah. And no, I think it's... at some point you just have to say, you know what, that was awesome. And it was. And he was an awesome player. And, you know, I think he's on the, you know, certainly if this is it, he's still in the Hall of Fame discussion because he was so dominant for so long and was a big part of, you know, a, a 
a research a, a resurrection for the franchise. And yeah, I mean, you know, that... I think you know he does deserve to be in the discussion. I don't know if he'll get in. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll just, I think he deserves to be there. Yeah, no, no, I mean, he was a tremendous part of all those Phillies teams, you know, including their World Series team. Uh, so, uh, as you kind of look at the game on Wednesday, you know, we have sometimes seen Syndergaard that uh, isn't as locked in. We saw a game where it turned out he had strep throat and he was sweating too much, but, you know, <laughs> you see a little bit of everything. Um do you think that the Giants see my my assessment is that the Giants aren't really a running team and that's obviously the biggest problem that Syndergaard has not that they won't necessarily try but uh you know we we've, we've seen a lot of teams run on him and do you feel like that's an area that the Giants won't necessarily excel because of the basically the age of their players I don't know they can necessarily in a do or die game because you know there's you know, the, the Giants are a very scientific, very sabermetric organization. And there's one rule of sabermetrics, and that's, you know, don't give yourself up on the bases. And especially in a do-or-die game, I just don't know that the Giants can afford to take a lot of risks on the bases because, you know, like I said, you can't just give up give up outs on the bases. Right. And especially if he's on. Like, certainly, if he's on and they get any kind of base runner, like, they just can't run. So... Um, I don't think that's going to be too much of a factor on Wednesday. And like I said, if he's on, it may not even matter. You know, it may just be a one nothing, two two to one kind of game, and and you know that may be all. You know, so it's just going to be a matter of who makes the mistake and when it happens. And you know, you just hope that the Giants are the ones that make the mistake, and it's not the yeah. Mets. Yeah, and I do think the fact that it, the games at City Field obviously helps uh, for the Mets. You know, and the, the amount of support they have. I mean, if it if it was a, at AT&T Park, I think Melissa and I would have to consider driving five hours north. Of I was going to suggest that to you. Yeah, but it's all right. We don't have to drive five hours <laughs> north because we just watch it on TV. But uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, look, there are a lot of things that are in place where they have the tools they need to succeed. But, you know, look, how many Met teams have been great on paper? So it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out. And uh, we look forward to uh, following your coverage on Twitter, at Michael G. Barron. And uh, thank you so much for uh, calling in and spending a little time with us here on the show, Michael. It's my pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. And that's uh, Michael Barron, as I said, at Michael G. Barron. So thank him for his time. And now, Melissa, uh, before we get to our other guest, you and I will have a few minutes here. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a very celebratory atmosphere, I would say. You know, yes. we had we had the Let's Go Mets playing at the beginning of the show. Uh, I think that I just might see some champagne there right next to you. So we, as, as uh, longtime listeners of the show know, and for those watching on YouTube, I'm holding it up for the camera right now. We do have the cabarets here, but because Andrea's on assignment, I feel like it's just not right to open it and celebrate. So now it's officially reached a point where whatever our last show of Mets Rack 360 is going to be, that's when we're going to open it. I don't know when that's going to be. I hope that we have several more shows after next week, but... We just can't open it yet. It wouldn't be fair to Andrea, who has sort of been tantalized and teased with the idea of, hmm, are we going to get to the Cabareas? No, not today. But, you know, Reyes did have a, a decent week where he'd be worth it. So that instead, sounds like an Andrea Fasano problem. That is an Andrea. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. In the, in the booth, Zach Wilson, at that Zach Wilson, who, uh, by the way, he, uh, we have a, a hat of Zach's that uh, we'll make sure that he's wearing on Wednesday. And if you can turn it to the side for our YouTube viewers, Melissa, like he has the Thor wings on the side, which it was so cute because when you saw the hat, you said, What's with the wings? Oh my god, now everyone's going to know. No, I know that you just don't know about Thor because you know you're too busy watching baseball and keeping score uh, to know about Thor and his wings on his hat. That's all right. So now you're going to open the champagne and we're going to celebrate. So, Zach, we're going to celebrate a little bit, but we're not going to celebrate with wine. So, it's a half celebration. But, you know, it's it's a wild card game. So, it didn't it didn't do anything. It was just so anticlimactic. I'm sorry. That's you, how you do it so you don't kill people. But I like on TV when they they it sprays everywhere. Sorry, Although we have a lot of expe- like- No, no, no. We have a lot of expensive equipment in here. <laughs> and uh Andrea uh Andrea's not here. Sorry. I'm Melissa. Melissa. Yikes. Embarrassing. <laughs> uh Melissa used my lucky shirt to open that and uh I wore it on Tuesday, Wednesday, 
Friday and Saturday, my uh, 1969 uh, World Series ticket shirt. And uh, they won all the games that I wore it for. And I'm like, oh, that was a fun, superstitious thing. But I need to wear a clean shirt today. Mm. And then they didn't win. So guess what? I'm not going to wash it. And I'm going to wear it on Wednesday. So we'll see. this is dirty? Oh, yeah. I wore it it all week. But just during the games. Just during the games. All right. Well, (laughs) that's true. It does smell. All right. So... Anyway, uh, let's uh, before we talk to our friend Jaron, Jaron Kiviat, who's been on a few times from at NYM underscore news, um, let's talk a little bit about the week because there's a whole season to look at. But look, this week was very important. When the week started, we didn't know. We had no idea what we were going to get. And we knew that the week was going to start with a game in Miami, the Marlins' first game after Jose Fernandez passed away. And, you know, you're just like, you don't know what to get in that game. That's one of those games where, oh, if you're the opponent and you build an early lead, are you beating up on the, you know, it didn't matter because clearly there was no way the Marlins were going to lose that game. They were there to win. And because of the way it all played out, great. Good for them. Uh, But yeah, no, D. Gordon hit that leadoff homer. I'm like, wait, D. Gordon steals bases. He doesn't hit home runs. Uh, he doesn't this year at No, all. <laughs> that, that was his third. No, granted, no he first was, of the year. Oh, okay, but he was suspended, so yeah, you're yeah. right. But um, anyway, so look, the Mets lost that game 7-3. to three. Cologne did not look good, which I'm glad he was able to start yesterday. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, they were just uh, they were just hacking I away. I did see people on, on Twitter and Instagram saying things like, Cologne gave that homer to D. Gordon, and that really upsets me. I, I don't, I mean, he's... He's not that kind of player, Cologne, I think. And I'd also like to say to people who thought that or have read things that other people thought, that's doing a disservice to Jose Fernandez, D. Gordon, and the Marlins. Whether you can think that, and that's fine, and I disagree with you, but don't take away that, that moment. Of pure joy and celebration of Jose's life, yeah, for those players. No, they 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 went and got that game. Don't and, they deserve? You know, it. look, the the Mets had plenty. I mean, it was seven to three. You know, it yeah. wasn't fifty. What, what was the game against the Phillies? Like seventeen, 17 to, to nothing, or yeah, oh, seventeen yeah, nothing, seventeen nothing. So it wasn't that. You know, it was like the Mets could have come back in that game. So and they were in it the whole game. Great testament to their friend. I was just glad that they weren't in the next two games. Uh, but what I learned, by the way, uh, Al Leiter, beloved Met, is actually a broadcaster for the Miami Marlins yeah. because that was the feed that they had on MLB Network. And, you know, I was going to be leaving soon, so I just watched a little bit. And I was so glad to see Al yeah. because uh, I love Al Leiter. one of my favorites. Uh, so then Tuesday, all right, the Mets were definitely back on track. Syndergaard was back on track. A 12-1 to win. Uh, and uh, poor Tommy Kohler, another loss to the Mets. But he just welcomed a new baby girl, so I think everything's okay. Well, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of babies, obviously, yes. as people uh, fans of the show know. So uh, good for him. You know what? Focus on raising your kid. <laughs> Don't focus on trying to get the Mets out next season. Uh, but there were homers from Jonas uh, Cespedes and Jay Bruce. A name that you might hear a little later in the show. Jay Bruce, very excited to see that. And big hits from Curtis Granderson, Lucas Duda, who I'm glad got some playing time. Uh, a couple errors today, so, uh, you know, uh, maybe pinch hit in the wild card game, Lucas. Uh, Conforto, uh, you know, there, and there was uh, there was so much good stuff in that game. And then Wednesday was a 5-2 win for Lugo. Save number 50 for Familia, which you were very, you were really hoping that was happening because it was very important to you because the statistics and the records and those things mean a lot to you. But it was interesting. I knew that he was the 13th player to ever record 50 saves in a season, but it's actually the 16th time because three of those pitchers have done it twice. Oh, I didn't Uh, realize that. Mariano Rivera, Jim Johnson, and Eric Gagne. I can't believe Jim Johnson had a 50 save season, but it was for the Orioles, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was on a crazy run that uh, ended very quickly, but yeah. It was good lasted. Um, you know, and Loney and Bruce both homered in that game. A big double by Jose Reyes, who is on this bottle of Cabareas that we will open hopefully not for a month or so, but you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, so, and then Friday, a win for Gesellman, uh, a five to one win. And that was the game where I'm like, all right, I can catch my breath, you know, because if they had lost a couple of games this weekend, then, especially the way it turned out, where both the Giants and Cardinals won all three of their games over the course of the weekend. So, you know, the Mets winning on Friday, I'm like, all right, Magic Numbers won. You know, they should just go out and win on Saturday, and then everything's going to be okay. And it's one of those rare times as a Mets fan that that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, and you know what? 
Uh, a little little uh, tip of the cap to uh, Ryan Howard for making it a little bit more interesting than mm-hmm. it should have been because that's what he's there to do, you know, is to uh, hit a, a two-run home run to tie up the game. But, uh, you know, it it, uh, it didn't really matter in the end. Uh, and uh, Darren, Darren Ruff hit a home run off Salas. Oh, and gosh. I texted my friend and I just said, Ruff, very rough. <laughs> I knew you'd like it. That's why I said it to you because I knew it would make Every you time laugh. I see his name. I, I want to meow rough. like a cat because I, I just like, it just, it's funny You know, to me. cats don't say rough, right? No, I know. I oh, just okay. think it's funny. Uh, like, but anyway, look, I was glad that the game played out the way it did. A little annoyed with the whole uh, Fox national broadcast switching back and forth between that game and the Cardinals Pirates game. I was game. furious. But most of the time I got to listen on the headphones because I was out and about. Uh, yeah, so a, it was fine. I had the TV feed up, but I had yeah. uh, Howie and Ray, Howie and, and Wayne on oh, the yeah, radio. Oh, yeah, not Josh. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so look, it was great. It was a great week. Yeah, they lost today, but so what? It That's matter. literally what I said in the open. It, it really didn't matter. Uh, you know, the fact that they clinched home field on Saturday... It was just like whatever, you know. Today was definitely a big whatever game. And, you know, we're going to look ahead to Wednesday at City Field. It'll be on ESPN probably right around 8 o'clock Eastern. You, you know, who knows when first pitch is. There's a, there's a lot of talking heads over there at ESPN who have to get their thoughts in. Some of whom I like, though. I like I like Tim Kirkjian. Uh, and then there's probably a lot of other ones that I don't like. But I know I like him. And if I could think. Oh, Buster only. I like Buster. No. Really? Disagree. You don't like Cannot. Buster. Not. But he's a he's a Baltimore guy, and he. Uh, I don't remember what series it was, and if it was this year or last yeah. year. But I was on Twitter contributing. And Did you get tweeting. in a fight with Buster Olney? This is very no, exciting. but I tweeted something that was not the kindest about Buster Olney, oh. and he responded because he didn't see the original tweet, which was the Yikes. mean part of it. He only saw the. Me agreeing with someone else, but I was oh, agreeing I with the negative part, and yeah. he responded, and I uh, ended up texting my friend separately, who's a diehard Mets fan from Baltimore as well, and um, I texted him, and I was just like, I don't think Buster only read the whole feed. <laughs> Sorry. But you know what? That's all right. Anyway, the game's on ESPN. Whatever network it was going to be on, it, it was going to be disappointing. I mean, if it was on TBS, we could have had Ron Darling. But we can but, always have uh, Howie on the radio. Yeah. Well, I know. and Exactly. And I have to figure out that whole thing. I'll but, teach you. Thank you. So, look, that's very exciting, and uh, I I feel good about that. And uh, before we get to our guest uh, momentarily, uh, Jaron Kvyat from NYM News, um, I, I'm going to take a look at the week first. The player of the week was very easy for me. Jay Bruce, because I've been waiting for this guy to break out the whole basic well, I was going to say the whole season but that's a lie since they traded for him <laughs> and uh, you know there there were little flashes like a home run here a little little double and then a lot of strikeouts but he had a great week he did he had a week that mattered when the games mattered so great I was very excited for Jay Bruce uh, now that's just for the for the week now yeah. who do you think was the player of the week Melissa um, Jay Bruce copycat all right fair enough but but it was my definitive answer that i was excited about because uh when we get to player of the season it's a little why don't you take player of the season first because you uh you texted me that you came down to six yeah but i added two all right after i got just give the list of names and then we we can go into how you winnowed down the list for player of the season for melissa i had addison reed bartolo cologne jose reyes james loney wilmer flores tj rivera curtis granderson and terry collins Okay, Terry Collins is, I almost picked him. Okay, good, that makes me feel better. But uh, I decided that, you know what, it's the player of the week, and even though I once gave myself player of the week, um, (laughs) I felt like it's not, you know, he's a manager, yes, he's in uniform. Um, You know what, I love Wilmer. Go ahead and take him off the list, because he got hurt, stupid slide. You know, he, you know, there's a lot of problems with that game, sure. Okay. Um, but uh, I'll tell you mine, and we'll see if that helps. I, I was very close to picking his Drupal Cabrera. I had to pick Jose Reyes. I am so happy. Because, not just because of the Cabarrus wine, which, by the way, I would, if they still made it, I would hope that sure I would get some. Do. I don't know. You know, he's, he's, we'll he's, he's, the reputation's a little tarnished now. Maybe. So maybe they don't. But anyway... Uh, I, I, it was just, you know, the, the whole, the literal face and the tone of the team just changed so much from when he came on. And it's exactly what I said on the show that I hoped happened. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say I knew it was going to happen. I'm not a know it all, but I'm just saying like, I think this could happen. And if it doesn't, so what? And he brought a great sense of energy and also a lot of leadership because obviously him coming back to the major league Mets was right around the time that David Wright 
was done for the season. And he definitely contributed to that, you know, the positive vibe in the clubhouse. I just thought of a terrible comparison. This is like on 90210. (laughs) The original, I'm assuming. Yeah. When Brandon left and then the next episode, oh, look, Dylan's back. Great. Who cares that he left? (laughs) So this is basically, the Mets is basically 90210 season seven or six. Anyway. Uh, so thank you for helping me realize that. All right. So have I helped you with your player of the season by picking Jose Reyes? It makes me feel better that you picked it and makes me feel like I should choose somebody else. Because you don't have to. I think I want to go with Addison Reed. You know, very important. Very important to have that kind of consistency. You know, a couple of rough outings, but you know what? I mean, there are very few. I yes. mean, Familia had a worse season than he did. Absolutely. And Familia had a tremendous season, by the way. And for us to finish over 500, let alone... I don't even know where I wrote it down, but a lot of games over 500. Yeah, did it end up um, being nine? I, I'm I'm so bad with numbers. Um, six, six. Oh, that's Eight, not eighty-seven seventy-five. That's not nine. <laughs> that's six. Oh yeah, because they lost today, yeah. and yeah, um, and they got. But I feel like I mean, the statistic of holds aside, he did keep us in games that I think otherwise we may not have won. Yeah, no, I definitely. Um, agree and he's that. definitely been a welcomed addition to the team and. Because you chose Jose, I think I can choose Addison. Yeah, look, no, Addison Reed has been a huge help. And, you know, talking to Michael, uh, he mentioned uh, Salas, mm-hmm. which has been a great addition. And basically, they're heading into the playoffs with a bullpen, 7, 8, and 9, and you feel good. Last year, Clippard had really started to kind of fall off by the wayside. And, you know, it, it showed. And I think at one point, Clippard was 8th inning, and, and Reed was 7th, and then they flip-flopped. I'll be and honest, I don't remember Reed from last year. Yeah, well, he was there. No, I know, but that's, I mean, it's right. saying so much. Well, because Clippard was so bad, and part of the reason that they, you know, look, there's a lot of reasons that they lost to the Royals. The Royals won that series. I'm not saying that. But it was very difficult for the matchups because of the fact that they didn't have Clippard. You mm-hmm. know, they couldn't really trust him and go to him. Uh, and so uh, in a moment, we're going to be joined by Jaron Kiviat of NYM News. So uh, anytime that uh, you want to call him, Zach, that'd be great. Uh, and uh, we will talk to him, and we've talked to Jaron a few times. Mm-hmm. He was actually here in studio once. You met him. Our first show, mine the, and Jaron's, was together. Look at that, and now you guys are reunited. Yeah. Hopefully not for the last time. No. You know, hopefully this is uh, one of many reunions here on uh, Mets This is Rutgers. delicious. I haven't had any yet. Let me. Oh, wait, I have. You have your own. I know, I forgot. I, I, we were going to share, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just have my own. It's uh, It's celebratory enough. Uh, so do you say Moe and Shandon? Is that how you pronounce do, it? Do you remember the um, the SNL skit with um? Four, eight, one. Uh, oh, uh oh. So we didn't uh, we didn't get that right. Why don't you finish talking about the SNL sketch and I'll uh, see if I maybe have a. Oh, the okay. Wrong memory. There's an SNL sketch with um, Cecily and someone else, and I can't remember who, but they kept calling it um, Moe Shambin. And that to me was like the funniest thing ever. Oh yeah, the, the to... porn stars. Yeah, that I didn't want to say that. Vanessa I didn't know if I was allowed. No, you can. I mean, Vanessa Bayer, that was it. You can certainly say porn star um, uh, on the show, but yeah. I didn't because my mom's watching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mama Llama. Um, and and Papa's watching, and um, Daddy, is, I hope you're feeling. Hey, better. is Grandma the Nats fan watching? I don't know if uh, Stephen Shaneberg's biggest fan is watching. <laughs> well, you the... have to explain that now. Uh, I visited and my here grandma. You are talking about porn stars with all them listening. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. I know, she should be She should be ashamed. My grandma, who is I've spoken about before, is a diehard Nats fan, or at least claims to be, and my uncle said, since you're such a big Nats fan, who is your favorite player? And she said, that pitcher, Stephen Chainberg. Obviously, she was talking about... <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Obviously, she was talking about Stephen Strasburg, but uh, it just gives me more confidence that I uh, picked the better team going with the so, Mets. Apparently we have the right number, uh, Zach, but uh, I'm letting him know uh, that uh, we're going to try him again. This is uh, this is live broadcasting. Sometimes things don't go the way you want, but we had the right number, so I feel good about that. Good, you know. So that's not on, that's not on me. You can you type know? the numbers. Yeah. Well, I, I, no, because no. I still blame you. Well, see, it's just the thing. If he gave me a different number, I don't know how I was going to get that to Zach without it going over. And YouTube. be like, hey, everyone, hey, here everyone. is Jaron Kiviat's yeah. phone number and all of his forty-three thousand right, followers. Exactly. The many, many followers. But uh, anyway, so we will. Jaron, are you there? Uh, yes, what's up, guys? Woo-hoo. Hey, uh, great to uh, talk to you. Welcome back. And uh, you know what? There are a lot of ups and downs throughout the season. And uh, when we've had you on, sometimes it's been during the downs. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb, Jaron, and say that this is definitely an up. So go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts 
on the way that the season as a whole played out and maybe some of the comments and feedback you're seeing at NYM underscore news. But of course, it's just NYM news. But that's how people find it. NYM underscore news on Instagram and on Twitter. Yes. Yes. So I must I must say, like, I I was especially harsh on Terry Collins and I really got to give all the credit in the world to him, you know. The team, they obviously showed in their results and, like, the way they poured the champagne and how they acted around Terry that they played for Terry Collins. And at the beginning, you know, at the beginning of the first half, late first half, you know, beginning of the second half, it didn't look that way, you know what I mean? And we were – a lot of Mets fans were catching on to that, and they were, you know, they were actually, you know, quite frankly calling for his head. And, you know, I wasn't quite in that stage, but I was definitely, like, leaning towards it. And I wasn't a huge fan of him. But right now, I'm still not a huge fan of him, but – I just got to give all the credit in the world to Terry Collins. No, I mean, look, I think that's very important because I do know from following you on Instagram that you've been very critical and people who comment on your feed are also critical. But to be able to look and be like, you know what, he did a great job as a manager. There, you know, were so many there were so many obstacles to overcome. There were so many injuries, just things didn't fall the right way. I mean, if you think of the expectation going into the season was basically that you were going to have these six amazing starting pitchers and you're going to go ahead and move Cologne into the bullpen so that Wheeler could take his spot in the rotation. And ultimately what you end up with is Noah Syndergaard and a 42 year old who has looked great this year, by the way, except for when he's looked terrible, but for the most part, Cologne has looked great this year. And uh, you know, the fact that that's all he's left with, I mean, Look, there's so many people you can give credit to for the season. Ultimately, it starts with Terry. But for uh, Seth Lugo and Robert Kesselman to, you know, inexplicably be faced with the situations they were and to pitch as well as they did was really impressive. I think we learned an awful lot about Rafael Montero during this stretch Mm -hmm. where he was unable to, uh, you know, succeed and excel in any way. Uh, So pretty much kind of, for me, closes the book on him. But now you see all these other options you have where, you know, who knows what you can do with some of these other players, Mm -hmm. some of your other starting pitchers, if they're all healthy next year. You know, if you go into spring training next year, you have all these, all these, uh, great pitchers. There's so many options, but you know, here's the thing: we don't have to start talking about spring training just yet. Exactly. That's the beauty of it. Uh, so uh, earlier, we were mm-hmm. talking to Michael Barron, Jaron, and as I wrote on Twitter, the Jaron and Barron show today. Uh, what do you did, did you have a uh, a preference about the wild card? Did you think that they matched up better with the Cardinals or with the Giants, or is it, did it not make a difference to you? Well, you know, I didn't really huge difference, but obviously if I could pick a team to play, it would definitely be, you know, via the tiebreaker, obviously, you know, but if I could just pick a team that we'd have to play, it would definitely be the Cardinals. I, even though, you know, Bob Garner has struggled in his last few starts, maybe yeah. like, I think he has like a five-something ERA in his last like 12 starts. Yeah, I mean, two, start, two starts ago, he looked terrible against wanna, the Padres. But... You never want to face Bob Garner. Absolutely. If, yeah. if possible. You know, uh, and the, you know, the, and the most, you know, let me interrupt, right. well, I'll interrupt you for a second. Cardinals, you know. God. Uh, well, yeah. no, it's all right. It's a little bit of a delay. That's my fault. I should just let you talk. What I was going to say, though, is that this is a, uh, this is a game where, you know, basically both starting pitchers could have a couple home runs in the game. So, uh, it'll be interesting. You know, there's so, these guys are both so good. It's one of those games that I kind of wish my team wasn't one of the two teams because you love these pitching matchups when you get them, you know, like the like the uh, Chris Carpenter, Roy Halladay of a few oh. playoffs ago, which was amazing. You know, when you're not as invested in it emotionally, yeah. you can enjoy it more. Like this one, I'm like, look, I know Syndergaard's great, but I've seen Bumgardner over the years, and I, I just don't understand it. This guy's, like, from somewhere else. But anyway, I interrupted. You know, but... Go ahead. Yeah, well, with that said, though, I'm sure, like, a lot of Mets fans are saying the same thing heading into the last year's NLDS, facing Cranky and Kershaw with yeah. DeGrom and... Kindergarten, you know what I mean. So it's it's tough to it's tough to say, and it's really hard to call. You know what I mean. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens. No, we'll have to see what happens. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we were talking about it earlier, and I I like what we've seen out of Syndergaard the last couple times out, and uh, you know, ultimately it seems like you just feel like, and this is exactly what Michael Barron said is it's going to be a matter of which one of them makes a mistake first. And it'll probably be decided by the bullpens and you feel like the Mets have an edge, but it's a small edge because, you know, literally anything can happen. And this is why baseball is so exciting because 
I don't know. I, I you know a lot of these big marquee matchups between teams and other sports. You feel like you can almost guess what's going to happen. It really it's going to all depend on the get on the game on the day. How cold is it? You know, it's uh, who gets a good night's sleep. You know, dumb things like that. You know, because we've seen we've seen <laughs> yeah, with the Mets sure. season who sleeps on a futon and has a pain in their neck. Oh, you know, so we get all that kind of stuff like that. Uh, so uh, before we look ahead completely to the wild card game, Jaron, as you look back to the season. Um, I saw your post uh, at NYM News. I saw the post about both Terry and Jose, what Jose meant. I said that Jose was the player of the season. The team, really just the face of the team changed so much. The tenor of the team, the tone of the team, everything completely, it it just, he picked it up. He put the team on his back, as they say. Um, Who do you think, who do you think were some of the biggest contributors during the course of the season? I definitely have to give uh, my props to, uh, of course, Jose Reyes, not only him, but, you know, as we all expected, you assess for this. But sure. I think the biggest surprise for all Mets fans has to be Estrubal Cabrera. I mean, we knew this guy heading into the season was going to be a solid shortstop, but in the second half, he has been unreal, you know, just carrying us every game. It seems like in every win that we had in this great stretch of, like, 27 and 12, he had a huge contribution in, like, all of those games. Even in the tough losses, he still – you know, had like a big home run or an RBI or something mm-hmm. like that. So I, I just have to give all the credit to Astrubal Cabrera, and he really solidified himself as the shortstop for next year, of course, even, you know, because he he's on that contract and maybe even years after that. Yeah, know? I mean, who knows what we're, yeah, exactly what we're going to see in the future. And, you know, Reyes is going to be there. Who knows what you're going to get from David Wright. They'll make it all work out, I'm sure. But you can't worry about yeah. next year. And I agree on Asdrubal Cabrera. Uh, on this show, I was very critical of Asdrubal Cabrera at one point in the season. When he was like O for bajillion. He was like, yeah, he, he, he was like, he was like O for July yeah. or something. Yeah. And uh, you know, when he came back he, from a little little stint on the DL, he's been great since then. And the defense hadn't really suffered at any point. And the defense has been great. And that was definitely something missing at shortstop last year. Love Ruben Tejada, but you know it, 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 it wasn't it wasn't always pretty. And uh, I think you're right, though. I mean, he was definitely on my list. He was somebody I was considering. Uh, so, what do you do? You are you afraid to make a prediction for the wild card game, Jaron? Or I mean, look, no, I'm not afraid. Go ahead, tell <laughs> tell us what you think is going to happen. Well, I got the Mets winning this one four to two, and here's why. Four to two. Uh, I love no, I love that you have a score. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've, I've thought about this for, like, many weeks now, and, you know, here, here's the day. So uh, I think that we're going to win because of this. When you're, you know, when you're facing an ace, you're not really going to get many rallies off of a pitcher, meaning, like, we're not going to, like, get many hits in one inning, you know, scoring, like, on an RBI base hit. Usually what happens in, in these games is that you hit one big home run, and that's the deciding factor. And the Mets are a team of all teams that hits a lot of home runs. And, you know, we saw it in, in, in the MLDS last season, game one, Murphy hits the big home run, that, and David Wright also had a big RBI. But that, you know, once Murphy hit that home run, we knew we were going to win that game. And you know, in all the games, there was all, at least like a huge home yeah. run. And it's also true. Game five in the NLDS, Murphy had another big home run, and that was also the deciding factor. So but, I really think that in these types of games, when you're when it's ace versus ace. Uh, home runs are, you know, quite often the deciding factor. Yeah, no, no, like, I, I think, it, you know, if you're able to get a hold of one, and that's the whole point of, like, who makes a mistake, who leaves a fat pitch somewhere that they shouldn't, Syndergaard, Bumgardner, let's see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was at games one and five last year. Melissa was with me at game five. And, uh, you know, it, it's true. Those were great pitching matchups, but it really came down to just the, the timely hitting, which is something that the Mets are doing really well this year. The pitching was better last year, but, uh, you know, and they, they say good pitching beats good hitting. But what about great hitting? Exactly. So we'll see. You know, look, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I like that you have a 4-2 to two score. Now, would 4-2 to two have been the score if it was against the Cardinals, or did you have a different score in your head for that? No, uh, no I don't have a score for that. No, that's no, okay. I, I was just wondering, that, but... yeah. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed. No, it's all right. I, I was just curious. Uh, you know, and look for the for the Mets' advantage. I think uh, we talked about this earlier. I definitely was hoping that the Giants and Cardinals would have to play an extra game tomorrow. You know, you know, a little extra travel for the Giants, who I felt like would have won that game. But that's all right. 
And by the way, uh, Cardinals fans online are very mean and they're very angry. And they were uh, blaming the Dodgers for you know, intentionally throwing that series because they're afraid of facing the Cardinals later in the playoffs. What? And I was like, that's, well, that's, that's Cardinal let fans me, for you. Let me yeah. say this. Um, the Cardinals, yeah. even the fact that they came in today with yeah. a chance still, that is a gift. Yeah, it's true. You did not deserve it. And let me, one of my closest friends is a Cardinals fan and we argue all the time and we had a very heated discussion about what happened earlier this week. Um, I am so thankful we are not oh, facing that, the Cardinals. that play that because, didn't get reviewed but should have yes, against the Reds. Yeah, I, agree. I guarantee you he and I will no Ridiculous. longer be friends. Yeah, that that was crazy. And yeah, I mean, it's sort of glad that that didn't become the one game and the one call that wasn't made that, uh, you know, didn't uh, didn't basically change I, the whole picture. I even of wrote in my notes today, I wrote uh, <laughs> Kelly Johnson, ground rule double, actually. Actually, an because... actual ground rule double instead of the uh, the phantom ground rule double. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I agree with uh, with all of that. And, you know, I think that, yeah, look, the you know, look, none of these teams were great during the course of the season as a whole. As a Mets fan, we can feel better about the way that they're heading into the playoffs. Uh, you know, again, anything can happen in one game. And I've loved the new format of the wild card. Until this year. No. Well, I have until this year. Now I don't like it because it's like there's no margin for error. You have to win the one game. But watching it as a, as a fan of the Mets and just watching other teams, there have been some great games. You disagree, yeah, Melissa. Yeah, so I don't know. Jaron, I'm sure you remember. Christian, I'm sure you also remember. Um, not so much this season, but in the past, SNY has done tweet of the game, and you could tweet at SNY, and they would pick two or three tweets to show. Okay. And I believe it was two years ago. Um, they said... Do you like the uh, the concept of the one game playoff for wild card spot? Right. And among the tweets that were chosen was one of mine that Very said, nice. "No, if you make it to the playoffs, you deserve what I called a real series where you actually get to compete." Because what I find, I, I watch a lot of football as well, mm-hmm. and football playoffs are one and done, and baseball playoffs, with the exception of this new wild this card new wild format, card, yeah. is full series where either it's a best of five or a best of seven, and I liked. To me, that was obviously not like there wasn't more at stake. Sure. But it was more entertaining to me because that one game didn't always matter. Well, I, no, I understand that that point, and yeah, it is sort of like having the one sixty three tiebreaker sort of game, which I've also enjoyed. We've had a few of those in the mm-hmm. last ten years. But I, I look, I understand your point, and it's going to be very nerve wracking on Wednesday. Uh, I gotta I'm pick, not happy. I got to pick my son up early at daycare, and then I can't because talk to this? anybody. Well, it's just because I can't go get him during the game. I got to sit down and watch the game. I don't want to talk You're to anybody. Good yeah, well, you know, I can't leave him until <laughs> the game's over. What if it goes extra innings? You it's know? A good point. Sorry, yeah. Felix. Yeah, exactly. Felix needs to. Uh, yeah, but look, uh, I, I feel good, and uh, you know, I don't want to go into specifics. Uh, I feel like if they are fortunate enough to make it to the NLDS. Uh, look, everybody said they didn't have a chance against the Cubs last year, and I think last year's Cubs team is better than this one. And so it, it'll just, you know, as with anything, if you can steal a game at Wrigley Field in the NLDS, if the Mets are lucky enough to get there, I know, I hate talking about things that are too far it's down too the far road. Away. But if they are, you know, it, then literally anything can happen, which is what I thought in the uh, NLCS last year. It's like, you know, just just steal game uh, against steal one of the first couple games. So we'll see. Uh, I I know for a fact we're going to do a show next Sunday, mm-hmm. and I hope that we're not talking about just one game, that we're talking about three games. And, uh, Jaren, hope you're able to uh, join us either on the phone or uh, in studio. Yeah. But we appreciate you taking the time and uh, joining us here on the show. And it's uh, NYM News, and there's an underscore NYM underscore news, and that's on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, any uh, any final reflections as you look back on the season before we let you go, Jaron? You know, man, all I got to say, it, you know, it's all, it always works this way for each and every sport. Like, the hottest team in uh, for that sport always seems to go far in the playoffs, and I must add that the Mets do appear to be the hottest team in all of baseball right now. So I don't want to be making any bold predictions until after we get past the wild card, but all I'm saying is that 
it could be a magical run again as we are hot and all the momentum's on our side right now. So you got to believe. Yeah, you know, you definitely got to believe. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, there were definitely a couple of bumps in the last couple weeks. But, you know, when it really came down to it, you saw the way that the team came together and it was great. Well, thank you so much, Jaron. We will talk to you next week one way or the other. But hopefully we have a, we have a lot more baseball to talk about. Uh, down the road but uh yeah I, I like i don't even like alluding to future series you know and it was really hard last year when i had to talk to my friend about buying tickets to the world series because you hadn't even clinched the playoffs they yet? had no because i think that they were in the playoffs oh, but okay. that you know that was it they had clinched and then world series tickets went on sale and i'm like so uh halloween and how much are you willing to pay <laughs> it turned out to be a lot but anyway Worth it. yeah so who knows but uh look excited to have a wild card game to watch like we were saying earlier, uh, six weeks ago, when they were two games under 500, I didn't even think that the wild card was remotely possible. The way that the team had played at that point, what their record was, you know, I just, I just didn't feel it. So, uh, Melissa, an overall thought on the on the season for you uh, before we uh, we go and some ups and downs for for sure. I uh, there were some times when I was disappointed, but the entire time I was proud to be a Mets fan, as I always am. I think it's a, a know a great organization to be a fan of Mm -hmm. um of course now getting to the playoffs for the second year in a row was pretty exciting and i'm thrilled about it i'm not thrilled that it's as a one and done wild card game but i'm just i'm as always so excited to be a mets fan and you know be loud and obnoxious to everyone i meet that i am in fact a mets fan right they should be too look i look forward to being loud and obnoxious and uh you know we have so much to be excited about uh in the next few days the fact that Wednesday is so far away, you know, it's two days of, you know, me watching Chris Russo on the MLB network. He's going to be yelling about why the Mets are going to lose because he's a Giants fan. There's going to be so much, so many voices in my head, uh, as opposed to the usual voices that are just in my head. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, uh, but uh, look, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, as, as we go, uh, there, was a, there was sort of a great sentiment at the end of the Dodgers-Giants game today from Vin Scully, who was hanging it up after 67 years. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and track it down on YouTube. He talked One of the many things he talked about is how tomorrow's another day, and uh, it's going to... I feel like it's going to be a great day, you know, tomorrow in the general sense being Wednesday. But uh, <laughs> tomorrow, I think, is going to be a great day uh, for the Mets, and uh, it'll be great for baseball, and I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, we will be back here Sunday at 5 Pacific, uh, 8 Eastern, regardless of what happens. Yeah, there we go. That's how we ride off into the sunset. Little meet the Mets. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday, no matter what happens. Uh, I have every hope. I have all the you gotta believe inside of me mm-hmm. that we will be talking about three games next week and some more games in the future. But for the invisible absent uh, Andrea Fasano, who we hope to see back next week at Andy Fasano, Melissa Weinstein at Melissa Wine. I am Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. And huge thanks to Matt Ritter, by the way, for helping us get Mets Rap 360 started earlier in the season. A true Mets fan, just the schedule got away from him. So we love you, Matt. Thanks for being a part of this early on. And we will see you all next Sunday on Mets Rap 360. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.